welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. We're going to turn to Acts 16 to get started tonight. We're going to get primed up to pray. You know, anytime we do anything, it's always good to slow down, go to the Word, see how to do it, see when to do it, see what it's all about, because we want to do things in faith, and the only way we can have faith is if we go to the Word. So in Acts 16, we're going to start here. We'll give the ushers another minute or two to receive the offering. But to go ahead and get a head start, turn to Acts chapter 16. And we're actually going to break in here. Um, Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel. And they got a little young lady saved. Of uh, She actually got her delivered of an evil spirit. She was able to fortune tell and help all these businessmen in Philippi in a really demonic way to, to have business. And she made them actually a lot of money because of her listening to this demon and uh, who knew some things and... Um, and so they set her free. They set her completely free from this demon spirit. I mean, just said, come out in Jesus' name, and this girl was totally set free. Well, the businessmen didn't like that real well because now she couldn't fortune tell anymore, and she couldn't predict things in their business adventures. So they were mad, and they said, you know what? These guys just ruined our businesses by whatever they did to this young girl who used to help us so much with her divination and so they got mad and they threw Paul and Silas in jail. And it says they're in jail. Now it says, if you, if you back up just a little bit, it says um, in verse, I didn't give you a verse yet, did I? It says in verse 22 that the multitude rose up together against Paul and Silas and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat Paul and Silas. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, which is the really bad part of prison, and made their feet fast in stock. So this is a mess. I mean, this is a most uncomfortable situation. Backs bleeding, because they... they blows of the whip, um, threw them in the inner prison, which I think Joyce Meyer said that was the, the sewer part of the prison, and their feet fastened metal, metal stocks, shackles. How many think that's probably not the most comfortable position to be in? I mean, just think about the, the infection that could set in and just the, just the prison itself, yeah. right? So what do you do? When you're in trouble, what do you do when you're in the worst situation of your life and it's dark, dark, dark? Well, this was, I, I, I think this was probably literally midnight, but it was also midnight figuratively because this was not a good time in their life, physically. In jail for doing good. Well, 
here, here's the thing. Figuratively speaking, I believe the Spirit of God would say, I'm about to give you instructions of what to do in the midnight hour of your life. And this is a prayer meeting tonight, so we're going to talk about prayer and we're going to talk about some other things connected with prayer. But this is Bible instructions, what we should do when the midnight hour comes to us. Now, one of the cool things, think about this. Midnight usually portrays dark, right? Very dark. Here's a really good thing you need to know. Psalm 119 says, the entrance of God's word brings light. So one of the first things you want to do when it's dark, midnight hour of your life, things happening that you wish weren't happening, one of the first things you want to do is get in the word because the entrance of God's word brings light into that midnight hour of your life. Don't go groping around, running around in the dark, panicking, all that. Get in the Word. Let the entrance of God's Word bring light to the situation. Show you what you need to do, how to maneuver through the problem, how to pray, how to believe God, what to do, what not to do. Let the Word of God come in, and light will be there in the midst of the midnight hour of your life. So let's read on here what to do in the midnight hour of your life. It says in verse 25, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed... And sang praises unto God, and they didn't even care if anybody heard them. Now, I want you to catch the picture here before I go any farther. Think, think about this. They're in prison. They're doing what they totally don't feel like doing. So here, here's what we could say right off the bat. What do you do in the midnight hour of your life? What you don't feel like doing, but what you need to be doing. I'm sure they didn't feel... Now, this is interesting to me because they started praying and praising God and the prisoners heard them. They're singing praises to God in a place that none of us would ever want to be. I'm thinking, man, if they can do that there, what can we do here? In a covered building, beautiful lights, five-inch padded chairs, lumbar support, air conditioning, carpet, beautiful praise team. I mean, these guys are praising God. They don't care that people in the world's hearing them. They're worshiping the Lord. They're praising God. Backs bleeding, sewer part of the prison, feet fast in stocks, and probably the devil's telling them you're going to die here. That's amazing. So next time you feel a little uncomfortable or like, I'm tired. I don't know if I want to praise the Lord. I think I'll just sit and just think of Paul and Silas. They were in a most uncomfortable position. And they said they praised him. Now look at, so they're praying, they prayed and now they're singing praises unto God. The prisoners hearing them sing praises and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. So this was a God earthquake. This was a supernatural working of miracles earthquake. This was an earthquake that, that didn't hurt anybody. But it shook the prison and, you know, just because there's an earthquake doesn't mean the doors are going to open. This was a supernatural earthquake from the Lord. I kind of think he really liked the praise song and he started singing bass. <laughs> he started singing bass and kaboom, all the doors flew open, all the chains fell off. So it says, suddenly while they were praising God, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing that the prison doors uh, were open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. 
for we are all here. Then he called for a light, sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. This is the keeper of the prison that threw him in prison. And this guy brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And you read the story here. This guy gets saved. His entire household gets saved. And Paul and Silas leave the prison free. Well, this is, a, this is not just a story to inform us what happened in history. This is showing us what to do in the midnight hour of our life. Amen. Amen. If it worked for them, it'll work for us because God is no respecter of persons. This is powerful. Now, I think it's interesting to note that in verse 25, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Do you realize, we need to realize that prayer without praise is unfinished prayer. Now, l- listen closely how I say this. When we're done praying, we need to do more than say amen. Amen is not praise. Amen is saying, okay, we got the prayer done, so be it. But what do you need to do after you pray? Somebody tell me, what, what do you need to do after you pray? For something. What, what do you need to do? You need to get in faith and act like God heard your prayer. And one of the greatest acts of faith is lifting up your hands and saying, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for miracle. Thank you for healing. Thank you for strength. Thank you for peace. Do you realize that if you don't don't get in faith about what you prayed for, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and bind and bind and rebuke and rebuke until you start acting like those things are working. And one of the highest, greatest acts of faith you can do after you pray is just start praising God. And I mean wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly worshiping the Lord. Um... I wrote something down. I'm going to try to bring it to memory because as I was studying some of these things earlier today, I was thinking about how, how the Lord, I can't fathom the Lord leaving somebody in a dire situation while they're praising him wholeheartedly for deliverance from that situation. It's hard for me to picture somebody going down while they're praising God for his help wholeheartedly. It's, it's like the scenario doesn't exist. I, um, I was reading after one guy who had tuberculosis. This was back in the day when um, tuberculosis was the number one killer in the United States. Not, you know, back in the 30s or 40s, somewhere back there. But anyway, this guy had tuberculosis and he started hemorrhaging in his lungs. So they put him in his house. He, was, he could barely roll over. They had to turn him with a sheet. And he was just like, he, 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 he had people praying for him. He had hundreds of people praying for him. Praying and praying and praying. People praying and, and believing and praying and praying and praying. And, and uh, he just wasn't getting any better. He started hemorrhaging, got to take him home, bed fast. And so his wife and, and I think her mother were out back doing something, washing clothes or something. They did that out back in those days. They didn't have washing machines. So they're washing their clothes. He's sitting there in his bed. He looks out his window and he sees a bunch of trees and some bushes and said, God, if you will give me enough strength to get to those trees, I'm going to pray and I'm either going to get healed or I'm going to die praying. 
I'm pretty much, this is pretty much it. I'm going to go out there and pray, and I'm either going to get healed or I'm going to die praying. So he, he busted up as much strength as he could, got out of the house, got to those trees a few, a few blocks away, sat under the trees, and fought because he was just totally out of energy. And so he started praying, but he said he stopped. Barely could breathe. He stopped and he said, now wait a second. If more praying was going to fix this thing, I would have been fixed by now because I've got hundreds of people praying, hours and hours of people praying. I prayed. He got a revelation. You know, I don't know if it's more praying that I need. See, it said Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. So he said he got a revelation. He said, I'm not going to pray. Man, if, 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 if prayer hasn't gotten me fixed by now, what's me whispering a few more prayers going to do? He said, I, he said, he said he changed. He said, you know what, God, I'm going to, I'm going to lay here on my back, immobile, and I'm going to praise you with all the whispers I can get out. And I'm going to keep praising you or I'm going to die praising you. So he said he could barely whisper. He said, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And two and a half hours later, everybody say two and a half hours. I'm going, praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord, my healer. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Praise you, Jesus. Everybody say two and a half hours. You lose most people at that 10-minute mark. Now, this guy is in a situation where he can barely breathe. Two and a half hours for a healthy person. Sometimes it's like, wow, that's really amazing. This guy, two and a half hours later, he's standing on his feet, praising God at the top of his lungs. People heard him two miles away, and he was totally healed. What happened? Well, he went from praying only, which the Lord knows we believe in prayer. But prayer without faith, prayer without acts of faith, prayer without praise is really unfinished prayer. He got to the point, he said, no, I don't need to ask anymore. And there's times you don't need to rebuke anymore. Yes, we believe in rebuking disease. Absolutely, more people need to do it. But friend, then you've got to get in faith. You've got to sometimes say, you know what? I believe it's working. I believe I got what he asked me for. I believe my faith arms are around it. In Jesus' name, I'm going to worship the Lord with all my heart. And he was totally healed. Two and a half hours later. That, that doesn't mean it's going to take us two and a half hours. One lady I was reading about in Brother Hagin's book on the greater glory, he, uh, he said that there was a lady who had asthma, very bad, very terrible case of asthma, and that they were searching doc for doctors everywhere. She, and she decided, I'm going to turn to the Lord and see if he can get me healed of this asthma. It was very severe. She would go to all the church. I, I think it was back in the day of Raymond T. Ritchie. It was earlier, earlier in the 1900s. Great healing evangelist like Oral Roberts back in his day. And went to all the healing evangelists she could go to, pray, nothing better. But got all these amazing men of God to pray for her, nothing better. Well, she started, well, actually, you know what happened is she did go to a Raymond T. Ritchie meeting and he straightened her out. She'd been in all the other evangelist meetings she could be in, no better, prayer, prayer, everybody praying for all these people. And he said, he said, by the Spirit of God, when she came up for prayer, he said, woman, you've been prayed for a lot already, haven't you? And she goes, well, how'd you know? She goes, I just have that by the Spirit. You've been, a lot of people prayed for you, and you're no better. And she said, yeah. 
And he told her, he said, what you need to do is you need to thank God for your healing. And she goes, well, I don't have my healing yet. What do you mean, thank God for my healing? How can I thank God for something I don't have yet? Well, he said, can you thank God for healing if you see it in the word? What do you mean? Well, if you see it in the word that Jesus has provided healing for you and that by his wounds you were healed, could you thank him for his word? She goes, well, of course I could do that. He said, do that. Just from now on, don't even pray about the asthma anymore. Just start thanking Jesus that by his stripes you are healed. Thank you, Lord, by his stripes you are healed. Well, she, got, she took that serious and she started praising the Lord Every time she thought about the asthma, she'd just stop and say, thank you, Jesus, for healing my asthma. And then as she went about her duty, she did what she had to do. But if a thought came, asthma. She said, thank you, Jesus, for healing me of asthma. Thank you, Lord, for healing me of asthma. I don't have to pray anymore. I already prayed. You want me healed more than I want to be healed. Thank you, Lord, for healing me from asthma. And she got so caught up with praise. This is so interesting. She got so caught up with praise. She asked her husband, she said, honey, I don't know the last time I had an asthma attack. He says, I do. I've been counting. It was 30 days ago. And eight years later, at the time of the writing, she was still perfectly fine, healed of asthma. But notice, she didn't get the results until she started praising. Thank you, Lord. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises, and the prisoners heard them. Now, here is the revelation, guys. Get this, because we're going to practice some of this tonight. We're going to praise God for things we prayed for. We're going to thank Him for a while. Um... Here's the revelation. Are you ready? The answer in all these situations, Paul and Silas, and if we had time, I'd go to Jehoshaphat and the Chronicles of the Kings, how praise and worship got them a miracle victory. Nothing happened when they, well, nothing, no deliverance manifested when they prayed. You know, they prayed to God. Jehoshaphat prayed, but the, the, the prayer was prayed, but until they started praising, the enemy wasn't defeated. Here's the thing. Ready for the revelation? The answer came while they were praising God. Okay, we're down to the actual manifestation here. The answer manifested while. Think about that word while. At the moment of. While they were doing it, the victory manifested. One lady, uh, Brother Hagen, was talking about that she had smallpox back when they had no vaccine for smallpox, so they had to isolate them, get them totally away from other people because it was, there was no cure for it at the time. And she had smallpox, and they had to isolate her, and she was a believer, and you know, she knew that people have died from this, this, and there was no vaccine back in those days. And so what she did is she said, Lord... Um, I need some help here. And so she looked to the Lord and the Lord showed her a scale. The old-fashioned scales that go like this, you know? Put rocks on this end, this end goes up. Put metal on that end, that goes up. Well, the Lord showed her a scale and it was like this. And she said, he said to her, daughter, this side of the scale represents your prayers. She said, he told her, when this side of the scale gets heavy with praise and praise equals the prayer, you'll be healed. So she decided to say, you know what? I need to start praising God for my healing. I've already prayed for my healing and the scale's like this. I need my praise to equal out with the prayer. 
And when, when she saw in the spirit that her praise equaled out the prayer, manifested healing showed up in her body. And that's not just for her. These scriptures, these testimonies are not just for these people. Praise is amazing. It's, it's one of the highest acts of faith you could ever act in. Abraham was strong in faith, one translation says, giving praise to God. What is strong faith? Strong faith is knowing the will of God and praising him like it's true. Just praise him like it's true. Just worship the Lord. You know, if, if, if you haven't done this a whole lot, it's going to seem a little awkward at first. I mean, how many of you could can see yourself for a half an hour straight, no phone, no knocks on the doors, no getting distracted by this or that. How many of you can see yourself for a half hour, no music, just lifting up your hands and worshiping the Lord and wholeheartedly thanking him for that thing you prayed for or those things you prayed for? If that's hard to see, then this good thing we're teaching on it tonight, right? Oh, this is, this is so important. You know, I, I was... Two, two weeks ago, uh, when Isaac had the surgery, that's when Dominic, I think, and Timothy, you had an unexpected, one week. one week ago, you had an unexpected praise and worship night, it sounds like. <laughs> they flowed with the Holy Ghost, great things happened, and that's awesome. What I was going to share last Wednesday was our part in seeing more miracles. You know, the Lord wants to do a lot more than he's doing. He's able to do. There's certain things we have to line up with and do for him to be able to do more that he wants to do in the earth realm. And so I was thinking about the gifts of the spirit and I was thinking about the power gifts, you know, special faith, workings of miracles and gifts of healings that where God actually is ministering healing to people versus people just receiving healing by faith in the word where God actually is initiating things. You know, you can receive healing miracles from the Lord as you get in the word, believe God and stand your ground and develop your faith. You can receive anything you need from the Lord, miracles included. But there's times God says, I'm going to initiate something. And that's not the only time he wants people healed. That's just him doing something for certain reasons that right now, you know, we may not know in this life. But and I was thinking, Lord, what can we do? And the Lord brought me back to first Corinthians 12. He said, if you want to see more miracles and more healings like I want to see, God said, you're going to have to not be ignorant of spiritual gifts because you're not going to covet something you don't know a whole lot about. See, later in the chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, covet earnestly the best gifts and I show unto you a more excellent way. He talks about the, the number one way these gifts operate is, is because we love people. We want to see people healed and delivered. And when our love grows, we're more in position to have the right motive for the gifts of the Spirit. Well, I was thinking about this. Our part is, our part is, don't be ignorant of spiritual gifts, like Paul said. And then he says at the end of the chapter, covet earnestly the best gifts, and I'll show you a more excellent way. And then the very, the 14th chapter in the first verse, it says, desire spiritual gifts. He's saying, listen, desire these things. Covet these things. Come on, man, get excited about limbs growing out and, and tumors disappearing and, and, and miracles taking place and healings and deliverance. Get excited about the power of God being administered to people in your services and out wherever you're at. Get excited about it. And I got to think and see 1 Corinthians 14, I think, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 12, and it's the very last verse. If you want to put up on the screen in the projection, that would be great. 1 Corinthians 12, in the very last verse. And this is my thought. I was thinking, okay, wait a second. 
If God tells us to covet earnestly the best gifts, and he just got done talking about working of miracles, gifts of healings, special faith, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. I'm not sure what it is, guys, the number, but there it is. And up here it says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And the gifts he's talking about is what's listed previous in the previous verses. Three of them are power gifts, special faith, workings of miracles, and gifts of healings. Well, I, I looked at this one day and I said, now wait a second, Lord, you're telling us to covet something that's amazing. And I got to thinking, would he tell us to covet something that he didn't want us to have? Is he going to say, covet earnestly the best gifts, but don't ever think you're going to have them. I mean, come on, that's just way above you guys. I mean, that's, this, we're talking about the power of God here, guys. <laughs> Is he going to tell us to covet something that we can't have or he doesn't want us to have? No, that would be mean. That would be weird. And God's not weird. And then the next, the, the two, a couple chapters later, he says, desire spiritual gifts. Now, I was thinking about it. So he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. All right, number one, that shows us he wants us to have them. But it also shows us we need to do this if we're going to have them. He must need us strongly desiring them for them to happen, or why tell us to do that? Why not just manifest the power anyway? Well, there's reasons. We got to really want some of these things. We got This has got to be important to us. It can't be a side issue. We can't be thinking, oh, that'd be nice to have the gifts and let's just go back and do all this stuff over here in the world and forget about church and just do our own thing. And oh, then we need some power. Let's go back to the Lord and get some power. I think he's saying, no, you, you guys, you need to be a little more focused. This is he heaven's power being manifested in the earth realm and you need to be focused and serious about it. And I was thinking, why wouldn't we? If the Lord's basically saying, you want miracles? Covet them and you'll see them. What? It can't be that easy. Yeah. If you want miracles and you want healings that are amazing, I mean, coming upon people who don't even have faith and them getting miracles, and if you want it, you're going to have to covet it. Why, why wouldn't we want to do that if we could see miracles if we do that? And I was thinking about our part, and I, I kept thinking about, you know, what Paul said in these areas about don't be ignorant, covet earnestly the best gifts, walk in love, um, desire spiritual gifts, pray for them like they did in Acts chapter 4. Oh, they said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. See, this is God doing the healing, not people receiving. See, when it talks about stretching forth your hand to heal, they're praying for the gifts of the Spirit to come forth. When God stretches forth his hand to heal, that's him initiating the healing. That's different than us receiving when we're ready by faith in the Word. This is God just doing things. Stretch forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. And it said when they had prayed that prayer, the place was shaken where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. And right after that, signs and wonders were being done through the apostles' hands, but by the hand of the Lord. That's how quick answers to prayer. But they were focused. They were hungry. They were serious. And they got it. And they had power. And people were getting healed of paralyzed conditions. And people were being healed of demons. People were being set free from all kinds of stuff. Because they were hungry. 
That's important. But I got thinking how this, what we just talked about tonight, fits into this too. We can start praising the Lord to such a degree where it sets the atmosphere for the Holy Ghost to do great things. The Holy Spirit works in certain atmospheres more than other atmospheres. One of the atmospheres we know through Jehoshaphat, we know through Paul and Silas in Acts 16, uh, 16 here, the, the miracle they got, we know from other situations, <clears throat> he works in an atmosphere where we worship him, worship Jesus. And these things, I'll put all these things together, we're going to see some great things. We're going to see some powerful things. I've learned a lot of this just with the things we've been facing in the last seven days with Isaac. And I realized, you know, there comes a time you just need to praise the Lord. Yeah. <clears throat> I had almonds before the service tonight, sorry. Um, <clears throat> but I, I woke up this morning because every day we're looking to the Lord for direction. He said there's a way out of every temptation, test, and trial. And so we're asking the Holy Ghost every day, what scripture should we go to? What book should we read? How should, what we should do today, a little different than yesterday? Should we do the same thing we did yesterday? What should we do? And the Lord's been talking to us every day about these things. Just do these things and you'll get out of this thing. And, and, and one of the things the Lord showed me today, he said, just, just don't even try to figure it out. Don't try to figure the miracle out. Don't try to... To try to know exactly how it works. Don't even try to feel how it's going to happen. Just believe that the miracle and the healing is happening and praise me for it. Quit trying to figure it all out, trying to feel like it's going to happen. I think, I, under, I don't understand all that. I just know this. Miracles are happening in Jesus' name. It's happening. And so the Lord told me this morning, and I'm not saying I heard an audible voice. I just woke up, my antenna's up. I'm searching out with my spirit. And the Holy Spirit said, worship, worship Jesus all day for Isaac's full recovery. And I got this revelation, and I mean, it set me on fire on the inside. I started reading some of these things and started looking at some things Brother Hagin said in his book on greater glory. Got all excited, and then bang! <laughs> I mean, just this stuff, not, not, not with Isaac's physical condition, but this other stuff just started happening. I'm like, I'm backing up going, what? I mean, stop trying to pull us out of the worship mode, pull us out of the praise mode. I mean, just stuff. You just know it's from the enemy. Other people and stuff. It was just weird. It was just like, no. So Carl and I went to lunch earlier and we just sat there and we opened the book and we just started reading it. The one where some of the things that we got out of tonight of Brother Hagin's book. And we went to the scriptures in Acts 16. And I thought, you know what? The devil hates when people get a revelation that praise and worship leads you, that, that things happen while you're praising. And, I, and Brother Hagin talked about praising God for 10 minutes and something happened. This guy was two and a half hours. The other lady was like, I don't know when I got healed. I spent 30 days of praising God, lost in praise, have no more asthma. The 10 minutes, two and a half hours, 30 days, does it matter? The miracle can happen. And so I think we should do that for a while tonight. We have been praying a lot of prayers on Wednesday nights for government, for people in our own city, for families, for ourselves. I think we need to spend the, the next half hour, 20 minutes or half hour or so, and just worship the Lord. Stretch a little tonight, church. Go ahead and stretch a little. And, and if your mind starts to drift, tell it to get back on Jesus. Tell it to get, and I, and I think, you know, if there's things you've prayed for <clears throat> that haven't manifested yet, 
If there's things you've really desired and, and been speaking the word concerning, tonight just turn all the prayers into thank you, Jesus for this thing. Thank you, Lord, for the scripture that promises me that. And just have a heart-to-heart -heart time of communion with him tonight. Just worship the Lord. You might want to get on your knees. You might want to come to the altar. You might want to just stay seated. You might want to walk and, and thank the Lord. But let's, for the next few minutes, let's just thank the Lord wholeheartedly. Why do you say wholeheartedly, Pastor? Well, because sometimes you can just do things out of your head because somebody said, let's do that. I mean, just really get intimate with the Lord. Just pour your heart out to him and really thank him. And worship him. You can get in a zone of worship. I'm telling you guys, the thing that the Lord wanted me to say to all of us tonight is victories manifest while we're praising the Lord. Thought yeah. it's interesting. It wasn't prayer only that got them deliverance. It was getting in the faith that God answered our prayer. What do you think Paul and Silas prayed? They probably prayed something like, Lord, it would be really nice to get out of here. So we can finish what you told us to do. And so they probably started praying the book of Psalms or something about deliverance. And, and then they said, now that we've made our request, now that we've prayed, let's sing some praises. Now, they weren't singing to be heard, but they were heard. We don't want to sing and praise to be heard, but we shouldn't be ashamed of being heard if people do hear us. And remember, they're in a jail. You're in a nice, comfortable church. I think we ought to go ahead and praise the Lord tonight for a little while for anything you've prayed for, anything you're believing God for, anything you've, you, you've really been needing help from the Lord for. Maybe you've been praying, maybe you've been binding, maybe you've been loosing, rebuking. How about we just tonight say, Lord, thank you. The binding and the loosing and the praying worked. In Jesus' name. Let's just love on him for a while. Can we do that? So I'm going to just worship the Lord as I walk up here. You just like I said, if you want to kneel at the altar... If you want to sit where you're sitting, if you want to walk, Lord, tonight, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, we worship you tonight. Now, I know sometimes as you're praising God, sometimes as you're praising the Lord, if, you, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, it comes out in other tongues. The Bible says when we speak in tongues, a lot of times we're giving thanks well. And so that's good. And for the people online, we know you're still watching right now. Um, we may move into that area by the leading of the Lord. We may start speaking in tongues. And if that happens, we'll be signing off right now because we want to respect the unlearned who could be tapping in. But just keep praying in tongues where you're at. Keep worshiping the Lord where you're at. We're going to be going for another 20 minutes or so. Worship God with us wherever you're at. But until we start praying in tongues, we'll keep you online with us. But that's the reason we want to do that because we want to make sure people... Um, have some understanding of what's going on. Paul talked about it. Well, Father, we just worship you and we thank you tonight, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for your mercy and your grace. Oh, Father, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, Father, we worship you. Glory to God. Father, thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Oh, Father, we worship you. Guys, I'll be turning my mic off up here, but go ahead and keep the volume up back there in case I want to say something.
Father, we adore you. We honor you. We worship you. We thank you. We praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory to God. Oh, Father, we thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you for your power. Lord, we worship you. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. And we adore you. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for the prayers that we've prayed being answered. We thank you for manifestations of victory, Father, because you're so good. We adore you and we thank you, Jesus. We worship you tonight. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. And church, if you want to sing praises tonight, you can do that too. Just there's, don't be shy tonight. Don't hold back. You can sing and worship the Lord however you want to tonight. Just worship the Lord. Praise him. Thank him however your heart's leading you to do so. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 